0: I'm notorious for preaching only one verse of scripture because I believe that every verse is power packed and no matter how long I stand in the pulpit as a preacher I'll never be able to exhaust the power of God amen judges chapter 3 and verse 31 The word of God says, after Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, he too saved Israel. Just in case you didn't get it one more time. After Ehud came Shamgar, who? Son of Anath. Who struck down six hundred Philistines with an ox gold, he too saved Israel. What's in your hands? Pray with me, Father. I need your help today. It is impossible for me to impart life giving truth to your people without your spirit. It does not matter how much I have studied. It does not matter how eloquent I may be. It does not matter what illustrations I can come up with. It does not matter my education or my experience. What matters most today is that your people hear your voice. Hide me behind the cross today so that someone will receive the word and leave this place better than when they first came in. And Father, nothing has changed. My prayer is always the same. If you never do another thing, save us into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we do pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I love Batman. Mm. (laughs) This is a risk I'm taking right now. But I love Batman. Batman has always been there for me since a very young age. I have watched every Batman movie there is. I have seen every Batman television show there is. I love Batman. And I stand here today quite secure in myself when I tell you that occasionally this grown man sleeps in batman pajamas from time to time and it's only because they're just very warm i love pajamas um i love batman in fact i even have a few batman action figures not figurines they are action figures i call my car the batmobile I love Batman if there was any superhero I could be it would be Batman but I've taken a lot of punches over the years for my love affair with Batman because most of my friends and people who are fans of superheroes what they say is Batman is not really a superhero at all in fact he is weak is that not what you said Aaron yeah I remember that um He has no place with the Justice League because he has no superpowers. As a matter of fact, they say, man, just look at Superman. If Superman wanted to, Superman could crush Batman in an instant and snuff his life out because Superman is so strong and Batman is so weak. And for those reasons exactly is why I would say that Batman is a stronger and better superhero than Superman is. Y'all not with me today. Um, When you can shoot laser beams out of your eyes, and when you can leap tall buildings in a single bound, and when you can fly and run faster than the speed of sound, and there is actually no limit to your physical ability. I'm not impressed by that. When you have supernatural abilities that were given to you before you were born that you'd neither earned nor worked for. Mm. But, but, but when you only got a utility belt strapped around your waist... And You got to study martial arts for years, and when you have to train and discipline yourself to choose the right battle rang or the right pellet or the right gun or the right instrument in order to defeat your enemies, as far as John Colson is concerned, I'm more impressed by Batman than I am Superman. Let's take it to sports for a moment. I'm going to help Pastor Edmonds right now. Um, When you have arguably the best wide receiver in the game by the name of Des Bryant, when you have a titan running back in that of Demarcus... Murray, who is literally running through and over people, stacking up yards in order to get to the touchdown. Um, When you have a a quarterback by the name of Tony Romo that just won't stay down but keeps getting back up to fight, um, you're supposed to win games. (laughs) Pastor Cochum is not impressed by that, but give me a Brian Hoyer. And a team that has been the laughingstock of the league for years and let them come out with a winning record. Now, Pastor Cochran is impressed. Well, I'll go a little bit further and you may not agree, but I got to do this one time for the home team. Give me the Carolina Panthers any day a depleted wide receiver core, an almost non-existent offensive line, a Cam Newton who cannot barely stand on his feet or run because they're letting everybody come in to tackle him, almost no run game at all, yet they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. (sighs) I just believe they're going to overcome by the blood of the lamb. Hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say today is that I love an underdog. And you may not agree with me today, and this is not arrogance, but I just happen to believe that God loves an underdog as well. Okay, let me help. Let me back up for a minute. Um, Pastor Coxum is not impressed when, when rich kids come from rich families and end up rich. I'm not impressed when you are born with a trust fund and you have been given every conceivable advantage that this world can offer you before you have had time to work for it or earn it. That does not spell strength to me. But give me the people who aren't born with a trust fund. Give me the people that have to eat the same meal five days in a row because mama doesn't have the money to make a variety of meals. They don't have the luxury of variety, yet they grow up and make something of themselves. Give me somebody who grew up in an environment that was less than satisfactory, yet they made it out okay. Give me somebody who has to wear hand-me-downs for all of their young teenage years, yet they grow up and make something out of themselves in spite of what they have been through that's strength to me (laughs) I'm not impressed when you've just been given everything and you simply make use of that which which has been given to you if you want to impress this is just me talking right now do something with what you got right now (sighs) I think that our formula right now as well in this life is that the more stuff we have, the more that we can do. The more opportunities that we get, the more gifts and blessings that we have, the more that we can do. But God's formula is not that at all. God's formula is it does not matter what you have. It all depends on how much faith you have with how much little you have. I can bless you real good. Hmm. It's really never a matter of what you have or what you possess. It's really never a matter of how much money you got at the end of the day. God says, if you believe me, I can turn your nothing into something. You don't believe that today. We spend the majority of our time praying and asking God for things. God, give me more stuff so that I can move forward. God, open up this door so that I can do this. When God is saying, use what you have, match it with your faith. And if you will, you can stand before a mountain and say, mountain, be removed. And the mountain will jump into the sea. And we have in the church of God today a whole bunch of complaining Christians because they do not have what the Joneses have. Mm. I can't do this, God. You have given him or her more. You have one talent, but Susie has 15. Take your one talent and do something with it. Mm. Take what little God has given you match it with his great power and do ask God to do for you what you cannot do for yourself and there is one text in scripture today that really puts the entire Christian world to shame Judges 3 and verse 31 After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, and he too saved Israel. But before we go there today, I guess I ought to back up and give you a little bit of context. Judges 5 and verse 6 is what the word says In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and travelers took to winding paths the first thing i notice in this text is this shamgar's name is only mentioned twice in all of scripture one of those is judges five and verse six where the word of god says in his days in the days of jael the highways were abandoned shamgar was so great in the eyes of god that homeboy was able to get at least two verses in the bible Okay, now here it is. I don't know about you, but this is my biggest fear in life. I may have told you this before sometime when I was here. My biggest fear is that I won't reach my potential. The biggest fear is that I won't measure up to what God has set for me in my life. But what is powerful about this text is that it says in the days of Shamgar. In other words, they marked a moment in time in the history of Israel by this man, Shamgar. And all I'm praying is that in my life, when I die, on my epitaph, somebody may write, In the days of Quoxum, people got saved. I pray that I'm just not obliterated off the pages of history. I pray that I'm not just here for a moment and I don't help nobody. I'm praying that I just don't live and I preach and I teach, but yet at the end of the day, nobody knew who I really was and they don't know the God that I serve. It would be a shame before God if Pastor Cochum stood here all his life, preached the word of God till his voice was sore, preached the word of God till he could not preach anymore and nobody really knew the God that he served. It it would be a shame today if you just came into the house of God week after week, prayer meeting after prayer meeting, if you actually come. But nobody in your family really knows the God that you serve. It would be a shame before God if you came in here stomping your feet and clapping your hands at the appropriate places in the message or doing the praise and worship set, but yet nobody knows that you serve God. I just wish after I die, somebody will say, in the days of coaxing, whole groups of people got saved. In the days of coaxing, we sure enough heard the word of God. In the days of coaxing, every time he preached, he told us the truth, not just what we wanted to hear. I'm Looking at this passage today, doesn't seem like Shamgar mounted to much. But he amounted to enough to order to get his name in the Bible. And they mark a moment in history just by his life. Now check this out. During Shamgar's day, the word of God says that, that, that the highways were abandoned and travelers took to winding paths. In other words, the days were so bad that people weren't on driving or walking on the normal highways. People were not hanging out in public places. The crime rate was ridiculous. Rape and murder were absolutely out of this world. I mean, people were doing crazy things, had no regard for God. And in fact, the word of God says because Israel had no king during this time, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. There was no order. There was no law. You think nowadays people getting shot in the street is bad. Go back into history during the time of the judges, where they were literally sacrificing their children before foreign gods. Go back during this time at any point in your life and you could be killed right here in Israel during the time of the judges. During this time, the highways were abandoned. And travelers took to winding paths. And we all know the story of Judges real well. The context is actually very simple to us. Man, during this time, Israel sinned against God over and over again. A repetitive cycle just took place. God would raise up a judge to save them. They would go right back into their sins. They would sin against God, sacrifice children to foreign gods. They would worship foreign gods. Then enemies would come in. The Ammonites and the Moabites and the Philistines would come in and raid them. They would pray to God. God would raise up another judge. Over and over and over again, God is saving their behinds, and they keep going back to the same thing. Now, if you read the beginning of Judges, I'm just building my case. Y'all all right, right? Man, the, 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 the word says that when they got into the land, God instructed them to clear out all of the foreign enemies. They did not do it. Therefore, they allowed themselves to be influenced by them. And because of that, they sinned over and over and over again. Now, here, I guess I may as well take a moment here. I know one wants to preach one point, Pastor, but I got to say this right here. Man, there are some things in our lives right now that God has instructed us to clear the pathway, clear out of our way right now, and we have not done it. Okay, let me come closer to home. There are people in our lives right now. That God has asked us to remove out of the way. And what God is basically trying to tell us is this. You will not go any further in your life until you remove these foreign agencies out of the land. You're praying for a miracle right now. You're asking God to bring you out right now. God is saying, I will not do it until you do what I have told you to do. You're dating the wrong guy. need your help right now i mean you, you, you you're hanging out with the wrong friends you are keeping the wrong company you're working at the wrong job you're declaring the wrong major God is telling you, in order for me to help you or to bring you up or to bless you or provide any miracles in your life, the first thing you got to do is clear out the land. And I declare this right now. I may as well say it. Some of you have contacts in your phone you need to erase before this sermon is done. You got friends on Facebook right now you ain't got no business being in contact with. You got stuff scrolling on your Instagram right now, help me church, that you should not be looking at. You should not be following them and you ought not have them following you. God tells his people, listen, I'm going to bring you into the land. but, 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 But first thing I want you to do, man, I want you to clear out all the inhabitants. Get rid of these gods. Destroy the foreign lands, burn down the cities, destroy what they have set up and set up my kingdom, plant my flag in the heart of this territory. They did not do it because of that. They opened themselves up to raids by the Philistines and the Ammonites and the Moabites. And most scholars say that, man, during this time, every once in a while, when the people of God went back to their sins, man, it was just like, 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 like clockwork. Man, anyways, would come over the hills and begin to raid the territory. They would take everything they have, beat up their women and children, put them into captivity, and then God would have to raise up another judge. Every time they sinned, another foreign land would come in and take over God's people and just begin to destroy them and cut them down over and over and over again until they repented and then God would raise up another judge. And maybe you ought to be thankful today that God gives you second and third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances and a hundred chances in your life. No matter how bad you are, no matter how much stupid stuff you do in your life that God told you you shouldn't be doing in the first place, God delivers you and he saves you. And he reroutes you again just like a GPS to get you back on track with him. God still makes you victorious in spite of you. It's crazy man because man God's love for his people is unconditional. No matter how much they blaspheme his name. No matter how much they spit in God's face. No matter how much they insult him over and over again. God has mercy on them. And he loves them and sends somebody to deliver them. Well, here's the word of God for you today. Word of God tells us that the people have sinned all over again. God has already delivered them two or three times. They sin one more time. And the word says that there is a man by the name of Shamgar. What's his name? Shamgar. And obviously from the text, Shamgar is just a farmer. All he does is till the soil day in and day out. All Shamgar does is guide his oxen and his cattle and his sheep to where he wants them to go. He is not a soldier. He is not a warrior. And most commentaries say that he is not even an Israelite. He is actually a pagan. He does not even necessarily worship God. Now, check this out. And because the text is so short, Pastor Goxum is allowed today to use his sanctified imagination. The word says, man, that they had sinned again. And as Shamgar, picture him now, is leading the cattle and the sheep. And as he's using his plow. Man, he 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 knows what has been happening in Israel time and time again. He knows that every once in a while, raiding parties come into Israel and take everything they have, and then they are left to pick up the pieces. Now, Shamgar may not have been an Israelite, but surely he must have had family living in the city or round about the city. Now, imagine him pushing the plow with his oxen. Imagine Shamgar tilling the soil. And as he is doing his work on purpose, mind you, as he is doing what he is called to do, mind you, he happens to look up and he hears in his ears the marching footsteps of the Philistines. As he is simply tilling the soil, as he does day in and day out, he hears the horns blow. And then after a moment, he begins to hear the shouts of warfare. He begins to hear the clanging of shield against spear. He begins to see the glistening off of the sword as he sees his enemies coming over the mountain pass to destroy Israel all over again. And check this out. Man, God simply lays on his heart to deliver Israel. But he has no weapons. (laughs) Um, he is not a warrior. He is not a soldier. Neither does he really have that much of a vested interest in the battle that's about to take place. But when God lays on his heart, ooh, what he is supposed to do, he simply reaches for the most available instrument, which is an ox gold that is really just a glorified stick. Mm. To guide the oxen and the cattle, and homeboy goes to work and lays dead on the battlefield 600 Philistines. Now, this is interesting to me. He has neither sword nor spear, no shield. No armor, nobody backing him up. He does not have the support of the Israelites. But homeboy says, because God asked me to do it, I'll take whatever I got and use it for God's glory. And I guess here's what I'm trying to tell you today. Yo, it really doesn't matter what's in your hands. At the end of the day, what really matters is what's in your heart. Mm. Faith is this. Faith is having nothing but trusting God to make something out of it. You're not following me today. Faith in God is having nothing that can help you win the battle. Not having the money to your name. Not having the support of your friends and loved ones. Not having the education. Not having the degree, but applying for the job anyway. Help me, Lord, today. Faith in God is when you got nothing but to just trust God anyway to make something out of it. And I think God is impressed with the underdog today. What, what would you say? I think our God is impressed with somebody who knows that they don't have all the skills and abilities that the world says that they should have, but they fight on anyway. You know, Pastor Coaxum loves a, a rags to riches story love to hear about people who come from nothing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I love to hear a documentary on somebody who did not have the trust fund and they didn't have the support of their parents. In fact, I have to be honest with you. Man, I love those stories about people who have just been through the ringer in their lives. Been raped and, and molested, but yet they come out okay. They persevere beyond the pain, and I think what God loves about his people is that when they are put up back against the wall, they have nothing to their name just by intestinal fortitude. Mm. They strive to make it in their lives. They persevere through the pain and they push through the adversity in their life. They work their way through the vicissitudes of this life and make it to the other side. God is impressed by that. God's not impressed by you waiting till you got everything together to make it. Y'all better help me today. God is not impressed that you only serve him when everything is good in your life. God wants to know that despite what you're going through, no matter whether you can see him or hear his voice or not, you're still moving forward. All right. I don't know if any one of us has an excuse today. (sighs) Whatever you got, use it. Whatever is in your hand, use it. Whatever has been given to you, use it. Stop making excuses. Help me, Holy Ghost, right now. Stop complaining for what somebody else has and use what God has given you. And what you might find out is God has given you enough. All right, let me say this, man. The nothing that you have plus. God is better than what anybody else has. Man. The absence of something in your hand plus God makes you more powerful than anybody else. The lack of what you can come up with plus God makes you more fortuitous than anybody else in the world. One with God and you're in the majority. I'm impressed by this man. Really only one verse that describes his story and we don't have much in order to, 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 to talk about him today. But your boy takes a stick. And goes against an army of 600 and kills them all. And you know what's interesting, my man, is I thought about this thing. Like, yo, even if he just lined each of them up and began to hit them over the head to try to crack their (laughs) skulls, he still would not be able to do it, let alone on the battlefield where people are shooting bow and arrows, where people are throwing spears and charging at him at full force like something out of 300, homeboy still prevails. It just seems to me that Shamgar had an extraordinary type of faith that is lacking in the church today. We need more in order to do more. God says you need less stuff and more faith plus me, and you can do whatever you want. We got to have more to do more. God never said that. At the end of the day, all you need in your life right now, I need you to hear me right now, you need God. Not church. Mm, yeah. Not music. And you don't need not nearly another sign from God. You just need to put your faith in what you already know and trust God anyhow. Okay, let me say this. You may not agree with me. Actually, actually, man, I believe that the word of God encourages us to lie. The word basically tells us to say, when you are weak, no, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. The the word actually encourages us to lie about our situations and to speak the word of faith. I shall live and not die. Y'all ain't with me today, man. The word of God encourages us To speak positively, even when we have nothing positive to speak about. And the reason many of us right now, we will never slay 600. And we'll never get through what we're going through. And we'll never persevere. And we'll never overcome. Is because we are not willing to use what we have. We stop short because God's not giving us any more. And what God is trying to tell you is this. Yo, check this out. If you're not even using what I gave you already, like why would I give you any more? The word of God says those that are faithful in little will be faithful in much. You are asking God to give you more money, but you, okay, you have not been faithful in tithes and offerings. You're not using the stick God gave you. You want God to fix your marriage. But you ain't willing to admit when you're wrong. You're not using the stick God gave you. You think you got to get more degrees and more education and you got to get more certifications and more qualifications in your life right now when God's already told you to apply for the job, but you will not do it because you don't believe God can do it for you. You're not even using the stick he gave you. God would be more impressed with his people if his people would start using the little that they have and God would turn it into much. Man, you remember that story of the woman in the Bible, Jesus and the disciples, man. They, they were watching um, the people come in and, and give their offering. There was one lady who just took like a little mite and just two little mites and, and threw it in there. The disciples, they were just like, man, she ain't really giving nothing. Like, look at her. How dare she come up in here giving those two little pennies? Now, you know that's a shame before God. Jesus looked at them square between the eyes and began to tell them, like, yo, man, check this out. You Pharisees, you, 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 you come up in here and you give out of your abundance. But this woman has put in all that she has. She is more blessed than you are God is trying to tell us man to not concern ourselves so much with what is in our hands but to put faith in what his word says that he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask think or imagine no matter what you have God's trying to encourage us today. It does not matter where you are or where you have been or where you are coming from or the environment that you live in or how much education you got. If you use it for the glory of God, God will bless you. I know it. I know it. I know it. The the, the natural trend nowadays is to pray for prosperity in your life. Pastor Coachman does believe in prosperity, by the way. I do believe that the word says that he will make us the head and not the tail. I believe that when we pray and we ask God, God says, prove me now herewith and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God does tell us that. I do believe in a prosperity message, but really what I really want to tell you today is this. Yo, be faithful where you are. Use what you have where you are. And do the best you can with it. And by God's grace, God will bless the little offering that you give Him and work it out for your good. But if you're not even willing to use the little that you got left, God is not inclined to bless you anymore. You won't even study your Bible yet. You want to claim, "I can do all things through Christ." Do strengthen me. <laughs> you don't even know what that text means. Okay. All right. Well, uh, okay. you ain't even read the context of the passage. We have people today that will claim all matter of promises from God's word, huh. but do not spend any time in his presence. And you know what? It's, it's very possible, man, for you to know the word of God and not have a relationship with God. Okay, let me help you. I heard this from Andy Stanley. I may as well say it. Man, what, what do you think is more impressive to God? You, knowing 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, or actually loving somebody what do you think is more valuable to god you being able to quote first corinthians 13 backwards and forwards love is patient love is kind or you actually going out into the world and loving people god is more impressed by what you do with what you have. Very little impressed by what you know. Whole lot of people know a whole lot of stuff. God is like, I don't care. What are you doing with what I have told you? I Told you before, man, one of my favorite authors says, man, most of us going to miss heaven by 18 inches. Just the distance from the heart to the head. We download all these sermons, we download all these messages, we have the word in our, in our heads, and we know all this knowledge, we know the 2300-day prophecy, man, we know everything, all the doctrines of the church and all this kind of stuff, but we have never allowed that word to penetrate our heart so it finds its way into our hands where we actually do something for God. Okay. In James, the word of God tells us this, man. He says, you, you call out on the name of the Lord and you tremble at his name. God, James says, you know what? That's very good. But even the demons, they believe and they tremble. That does not impress me. What impresses me is you use whatever you got, disability and all, deformity and all, lack thereof and all. Absence thereof and all, and you put it to use for my glory, God says I will bless you. It's a one-point message today. Man, I look at a story like Shamgar, and I see homeboy picking up a stick and defeating 600 armed soldiers. And then the Bible says he too saved Israel. Like he just got mad enough to take whatever he had and use it to fight with. And I'm hoping that most Christians get mad enough and desperate enough to use whatever they got to fight as well. It's almost like Shamgar was like, yo, my family is in this town. I cannot let you up in here. It's almost like Shamgar was like, I'm tired of y'all coming up in here and raiding our stuff and taking all the stuff that we got and blaspheming the name of the Lord. Enemy, you shall not come any further. I wish God's people would have that mentality. I wish you would take the stick that is in your hand and say, enemy, you can come no further. You shall not succeed. You will not have the victory. Leave my children alone. Get out of my marriage. Remove yourself from my house. Take your hands off of my education and pray to God that God will deliver you. I know God wishes. He had some more Christians that were willing to stand and fight even when it's inconvenient. Most of us today, we're afraid to tell the job we can't work on the Sabbath. Help me, Holy Ghost. We we are afraid to even bow our heads in the restaurant nowadays. We, 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 We are afraid to claim the promises of God. And it is an insult to God that we call ourselves Christians and do not use the little he has given us because frankly what we are telling him is that God what you have given me is not very much I can't do anything for you when God is like yo I have given you plenty the stick you got is not just a stick it it really depends on, on whose hands the weapon is in All right. Matthew Henry says this. He says, it makes no difference, the weapon, as long as God directs and strengthens the arm. It does not matter what you use. If God is with you, you cannot fail. It does not matter what you pick up in fighting the battles that you have to fight in life. If God is backing you up, you cannot lose. If God is with you, (laughs) you will win every single time. The weapon is not really the issue of contention. What is in contention right now is who is holding the weapon. All right, you heard it before. Man, a basketball in my hand is probably worth at most about 10 bucks. But a basketball in the hands of Michael Jordan is worth a multi-million-dollar career. Okay, a football in my hands probably worth fifteen ninety-nine at most. But put that football into the hands of Aaron Rodgers. And he can make a multi-million dollar career out of it. A stick is just a stick. But put it into the hands of Shamgar, a believer of God's word. And Shamgar will leave 600 people dead on the battlefield. Put a few pennies in the hands of Steve Jobs. Put your limited education into the hands of somebody who actually believes God's word and see how much better off they come out than you. (laughs) Take the little stuff you complaining about right now and put it into the hands of somebody that does not have a place to sleep tonight. Put the measly stick you got into the hands of somebody who does not know where their next meal are, is coming from. And they will work themselves to the bone until they persevere and make it through. Amen. While you complaining, there are worldly people working harder than you. There are worldly people who have more faith than the people of God. I wish I had help today. I think God wants a few more underdogs who are willing to suit up and get on the battlefield with no armor and no protection. I think, I, this is just what John Coxon believes, that God wants a few more people who are not counting and pinching every dime and penny, but giving to God what he deserves. I feel that God wants people to lie about their situation. And when the doctor says, you're going to die, no, I shall live and not die. My God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever ask, think, or imagine. Brothers and sisters, what is in your hands? And after you finish figuring out what it is, pay no attention to it. And begin to really worry what's in your heart. Do you have enough intestinal fortitude to fight for your children that are lost? Do you have enough Courage to fight, even though it looks bad in your life right now. Do you have enough faith in God to put the little he gave you to work to deliver you out of the mess you probably put yourself in? Samgar, a pagan, a heathen, an unbeliever, when it is laid on his heart to do the work of God, picks up a stick off of his plow and believes that it's a sword, and through the power of God, mercy, Lord, lays six hundred. Dead on the battlefield. Brothers and sisters, maybe it is time we recognize that we serve a something out of nothing God. One of the first things the Word of God tells us is this God stepped out onto nothing Jesus and in his majesty and divine power created everything you see with your naked eye right now God stepped out onto nothingness and with his words spoke light and with his words spoke animals and with his words spoke this world into existence and you're telling me with the very minuscule problems that you have right now god can't bring something out of your nothing we ought to be ashamed of ourselves to say we are believers in god and we don't take god at his word I read one text this week and it was enough to rebuke me. I read this one verse this week and it was enough to make me get down on my knees and ask God for forgiveness. I complain every day and I complain twice as much as I give thanks and what we don't recognize is that our situation could always be worse I once complained because I had no shoes till I met a man that had no feet you complaining (laughs) and don't want to move into what God has told you to do because you're afraid that what you got is not enough And God is standing there with his arms wide open and saying, am I not enough? (laughs) Am I not all you need? Can I not fix your marriage? Can I not pay your bills? Can I not get you through school? Can I not help you on your job? Can I not comfort you when you've lost a loved one? Can I not open doors for you that no man can shut? Can I not shut doors for you that no man can open? Can I not pave a road for you? And even when I take you through the valley of the shadow of death, do you not believe that I will bring you right back full circle beside still sweet waters and cause you to lie down in green pastures? Am I not God? Am I not the God of all flesh? is there anything too hard for me? Am I not the same God who told you that my thoughts are above your thoughts and my ways are above your ways? Have I not told you once and before? I command you now, have courage and be faithful in God and move forward. Am I not the same God of scripture that you keep hearing the pastor preach about but you really don't believe? Am I not enough? For you do you really need more stuff to make it through or if I give you more stuff will you forget about me am I not enough I'm waiting for you to just use what you got where you are and by God's grace do the best you can with it I'm impressed by Shamgar today. Jesus. I'm impressed by people in the world. You better keep on playing because I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm impressed by people in the world who grew up in broken homes. From day to day, they don't even have food to eat. But just in their heart of hearts, even though they don't really believe in God, man, they just believe that they're going to make it somehow ain't got nothing no savings ain't got no retirement ain't got no pension I ain't got nothing in my life to fall back on yet they believe that they gonna make it somehow and from week to week the house of God is filled with people who hear his promises from day to day and all God said is man you don't need nothing else but me. If you got me, you gonna make it. Man, if you believe God's word, I want you to stand right now. That's all I want you to do. And I guess today, since I'm here, I may as well do it. If you just want to affirm what the man of God has told you today, you just want to say, Pastor man, I want to use what I got I'm going to ask God to forgive me for complaining all the time. And I'm just going to be content. I have learned whatever situation I find myself in. I have just learned to be content. If that's you, just make your way down here. Let's just pray today. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. pray. I ought to be down here myself. I'm I'm down here right now because I don't have much. (laughs) And I have to admit I'm more prone to complain than anything else. remember it's not about what's in your hand it's, it's really what's in your heart what, what what do you believe if you believe the stick is a sword the stick is a sword <laughs> you can use it to fight God to help you use what you got to where you are. And just by God's grace you're going to do the best you can with it. Hmm. Wish I had a few more believers with me today. I know you wanted something deep today. That's not what God wants to give you. <laughs> See, th- this word you can take it home and apply today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This ain't the word you got to go and study over and re-listen to. You Just go home ha, and believe your bank account is enough. Just go home and believe that whatever qualifications you got, even if it don't match up with the Joneses, it's enough. God's going to help you win whatever battle you fight. You don't believe the word of God. You don't believe it. Take it from Pastor Coaxel. I could tell you story after story of how Pastor Coaxel was always the underdog. Shouldn't be here preaching. Unworthy in every sense of the word, but I'm not being arrogant right now. But when God called me, I believed Him, Jesus. I may have trouble believing right now, (laughs) but when God called me, I believed. And I set my eyes toward his purpose. <laughs> I see. And when I came to Glenville, God showed me 600 dead on the battlefield. I p- my parents could not even pay for school. My sister went to a community college. So Coaxum could go get his education. My parents believed God. John's going to make it somehow. He's going to be all right. God's going to carry him through. The little sticks we gave him, God's going to turn it into a weapon. He's going to be all right. your pennies if you want to. Spend your time worrying about everything you don't have if you want to. And miss out on what God wants to do for you right now in your life. It's your choice. Huh. You could be a blur in this life. And die in obscurity. Or you can use what you got where you are and by God's grace do the best you can with it Father in heaven I want to thank you for your word your people have come to the altar not because of the messenger but because of the message what we all realize now today in this one moment (laughs) is that whatever we got it is enough if we place it in the hands of an almighty god he can do for us what we never thought was possible now i know as we differ in faces we differ in needs and those that have come have come for different reasons some have come, oh God, because their families are broken. Whew. I want you to encourage them right now. If they are tempted to leave the church or to leave you, God, I want you to guide them and direct them. Somebody in the sound of my voice who is looking for a job but afraid to apply because they don't have the qualifications. I want you to give them a co- some the courage, oh God, to pick up that stick. Somebody has a dream, oh God, that you have put in their hands to write a book, (laughs) to share their story, to do something they're not accustomed to doing. Encourage them today to pick up that stick. And when it's all said and done, may we all, like Shamgar, see 600 dead on the battlefield. We declare today that the enemy shall not advance against us. The enemy of souls will not prevail. The enemy of darkness shall not succeed in our lives. For the weapons of our warfare, that's it, are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. With prayer, And with fasting, we can do more than what a sword ever could. We believe your word today. Bless us, holy God. Use us, God.